You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Hi, everyone. What a day. We have a former NFL cheerleader as our guest today. She has a very good story to tell, and her name is Megan Myers. Not only was she a former NFL cheerleader, but she has gone on to become an online business expert. She's been in the dance studio owner business out there in Napa, California for years. She's a mother of two, and she has figured out, quote, how to have it all. Megan Myers, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, ma'am. How are we doing today? Welcome. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. Thank you. Very well. Now, will you tell me what is the team that you used to be an NFL cheerleader for? The Oakland Raiders for two seasons. Well, now there you go. You were in the big time there, weren't you? Yes, it was very fun and exciting for sure. Oakland Raider fans are, they are an enthusiastic bunch for sure. Did you travel ever with the team or just locally only? We just, all the NFL teams only cheer for local games unless you go to the Super Bowl. And the only game I did get a chance to travel to was I was also elected as the Pro Bowl representative for the Raiders. So I got to go to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Whoa. That was my only traveling game. Yeah, that was exciting. Boy, that sounds good. They flew you over there? Yes, they did. Wow. Very, very well. And you enjoyed your time. Was it years with them or one season only? Or how long as an NFL cheerleader? Two seasons. And that... That was plenty. You know, it's a lot of practice time and promotional time, and it was a lot of fun, but it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, and I wanted to, you know, get back to running my dance studio again, which was also brand new at the time. So two seasons was, was a perfect amount for me. Right. Well, very well. So you went from being a former NFL cheerleader to a successful dance studio owner. But prior to that, I'm going to say, before we get to the dance studio, when you were an NFL cheerleader, I'm going to take it that even before you applied to be an NFL cheerleader, something tells me that you probably were a good dancer. Would that be correct? That is, well, I was a dancer, yes. I was on a very competitive dance team program in high school. I actually started dance later in life. A lot of dancers, you know, it's like as soon as they could walk, they were in a dance class, and that's where their dance story started. I did not really start dancing until high school, but I was on a very competitive dance team. I got caught up very quickly. I had very great, you know, excellent coaches, and um, so started late, but definitely hit the ground dancing, so to speak, in high school. But yes, I had a, had a lot of dance hours under my belt before I ever auditioned for the Raiderette. Yes. As you were growing up as a young girl living at home, did your parents give you dance lessons or have a teacher 
teach you dance lessons? Did you grow up learning that, or is it just something that came to you naturally? Yeah, so I I didn't start until I was in high school. So, like I just said, I was a late late starter for dance. Uh, you know, I do recall my mom did put me in dance when I was three, and I didn't like it. So I, you know, that was it. We tried it, and I wasn't my cup of tea, and didn't want to go anymore. And thankfully, my mother didn't make me. Um, and then I didn't pick it up again until high school. So you know, I, I really didn't start early on with dance. I was definitely more of a homebody of a child, and very creative, and always just making things and creating things, and could spend hours and hours alone doing my own thing as a child, and can still do that now today as well. <laughs> Your mom put you in dance lessons at age three. Is that unusual? Yes. Oh, it is? Uh, what age, no. as an expert, what do you think is the right age for a parent to place their, their child into dance? Well, I, so the dance program I would go on to create, and the program I've uh, shared with over 2,000 dance studios around the world, is called Princess Ballerinas, it's a Princess Ballerina Dance Program, and it's a program that is specifically created for three, four, five, and six-year-old little girls. So three is a very common age. That's actually when uh, a lot of parents start looking for activities for their child, whether it's martial arts or sports. There's a huge early childhood market for, but it's, it's not intense dance training. It's it's a shorter class. It's really like dressing up and coming to the studio and pretending to be a ballerina. So it's very imaginative. It's very age appropriate. That being said, as an expert, you know, not all three-year-olds are ready to go into dance. The, the big difference is can they separate from, you know, mom, dad, grandma, whoever's bringing them. So a lot of kids are also starting preschool at that time. And so they'll waltz in. No problem. They're used to going to preschool or daycare. But if there's a child that's maybe been at home and they're a little more shy, you know, sometimes some kids do much better if they wait till they're four or five years old to start. But in that window is a very common age for children to start dance lessons. Okay. So you were a former NFL cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders for a couple years. And then when did it hit you that, hey, I'd like to start a dance studio? Whose idea was it? And how long after cheerleading for the NFL team did you open the very first dance studio? Yes. So that was actually at the same time I was doing both. So I was starting my studio in Napa and I was commuting to practices and games in Oakland and living in Napa. So I was doing doing it all for those two years. But the way I got into teaching dance was uh, my best friend's older sister, who was also a reader before I was, she was running an after-school program for at-risk youth, and she said, the girls really want to learn how to dance. Would you please come in and teach them how to dance? And at the time, I was, you know, 18 years old. I said, I don't know how to teach dance. I've only been dancing myself for, you know, four years now on my high school dance team. I am not a dance teacher. I, I wouldn't even know what to teach them, where to start. And she said, you know, just sort of was very persistent. Just please, they would love you. You have such great energy. Just come in and have fun. Like, they have no expectations. No one's going to judge you teaching, whatever. Just please, would you come in and put some music on? It'll be so much fun. And she wore me down and I said, all right, I'll come in. And I did. And I had so much fun. The kids had so much fun. I had so much fun teaching and it snowballed from there. And it 
just so happened that I had a stroke of luck that a local dance studio closed at the time. And I started getting all of these phone calls from parents saying, we need to you teaching dance lessons. Can we bring our you know daughters to you? And I was teaching at the after-school at- program for at-risk kids. But these families were not at-risk families. They were, you know, normal Napa families who could pay for dance lessons. And so I charged them. And that's how I started my my dance business. Uh, Just kept teaching and attracting in more students. And about six months later, the after-school program said, hey, lady, you're kind of running a business here. We want to start charging you rent if you're charging tuition. And so at that point, I thought, hmm, well, maybe I could, uh, I'm going to start paying rent. Maybe there's a better location I could be teaching at. I should mention that this after-school program was on the Napa State Hospital property, <laughs> which yeah. is something of a, of a prison of sorts. We were not in you know, where the inmates were, but that's where uh, the, the classes were held in a building on that property. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to pay rent. Maybe there's a better place to teach children to dance than the Napa State Hospital property. And so that's when I opened an actual studio and rented a space. And that was in Napa, California. Yes. Okay. I owned my studio for about 15 years. Do you still own it to this day? I do not. I sold it in 2016, and that's what started my adventure with my online business. So what changed for me is I had my son in 2015. He was my my first child, and I was a proud workaholic, loved working all the time, loved running my business, good enough, never clocked out, never took a vacation, and was just happy to claim to be living that life for all those years. And that, you know, people would tell me, when this baby comes, your priorities are going to change. And I'd say, no, 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 that is so old-fashioned, that's so old-school, not me. Well, Mother Nature, be damned. That's absolutely what happened. As soon as that little baby came along, I wanted to just be at home, taking care of him, and I was no longer willing to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and deal with all of the constant stuff that goes on with running a local business. And so I set out to simplify my business, and I I could not get out of the brick-and-mortar mindset. I thought the only way to expand a dance studio was to open multiple locations, and so my way of simplifying was I was going to take this program at my studio. At the time, I taught all ages. I had a staff of 10. We had a 7,000-square-foot space, multiple dancers, multiple teachers, hundreds of students, but the program that was the most profitable and easiest to run and just the easiest families and the students who appreciated what we did the most was our princess ballerinas. And so I thought, hmm, why don't I just take this program that's really easy, really profitable, and I will just open a couple more princess ballerina locations. That was my logic on how I could simplify, but but continue to grow my business. And so I hired a consultant to help me do that and sort of wrap my brain around how that could work. And on our very first call, I think it was even our discovery call, I hadn't even hired her yet. She said, why don't you just package it up and share it with other dance studio owners? And I thought, that is brilliant. Yes, I don't have any idea how I'm going to do that, but yes, let's do that. And so I did. And that's, that's sort of the next piece of the story, but essentially that was very successful. And a year later, I ended up selling my local dance studio to a ballet school that was expanding. And they gladly took over the space and the teachers and the students. And I was off and footloose and fancy free running my new online business, sharing my dance program with other dance studio owners all around the world. Right. Now, this was your consultant that said, why don't you try this online? That was that was your consultant's yeah. idea? And you had never thought of that before, right? I, I had been through the path of owning a dance studio 
brought me into the world of marketing very naturally. I had a dance studio. I want to teach dance. The next question is, gosh, I would love to get more students. And as you take on more space and bring on more teachers, your expenses go up and it becomes this like, gosh, we really could use more students, which naturally led me into the world of marketing and learning how to continually bring in more and more students into my business. And along the way, I've really just developed a passion for marketing. It is my most favorite part of everything business-related. I, I fell in love with marketing. So during these 15 years of using my studio, I'm also immersing myself into all things direct response marketing. And and so being in that world, there are these things called information products. You know, in the old school days, that was, you know, a workbook and CDs that you would get in the mail, you, you know, sort of a correspondence course. So I was familiar with the idea of packaging up information into a course. But I, and so I love that. That was always like, seems like the coolest product someone could create was an information product. But I thought that was always something I would do, you know, in the end of my career, when I'm old and wise and gray, then I would be, you know, ready, quote unquote, and anointed to have this information product or a course or become the coach. Um, And so when someone, it really did take an outside perspective, an outside coach, as soon as she said that to me, it was like, wow, she said that without blinking, without flinching. She appears to be serious. She thinks that I could do this. And as soon as someone that I respected as a business coach told me that, then that's what gave me that belief that, you know what? I think I can do this. And from there on out, set out on figuring out because she was not, that wasn't really her thing. She was actually a dance studio consultant, brick and mortar consultant. She wasn't really an online business person or an information person or, you know, information product person. So I really then had to kind of figure out how to do it. Um, But yes, it was definitely having that outside perspective reflecting back at me that that this was a possibility and that I, I could do this, which I think is what coaches you know often do for their clients. Right. Now, you have said that you have offered to women primarily, I, I would imagine, quote, what is it? Simple digital products, end quote. What are simple digital products? products and how do they relate to your online business? Yes. So that's exactly it. Simple is the key word. So I think a lot of people do like the idea of packaging up their ideas. In my case, it was a a dance program, but I've had members and clients that are in the crafting space. You know, it can be any sort of expertise or passion related thing that you have experience with. And then we need to productize that. We need to turn it into a product. And that's what you are then selling in your online business. So I love to use the Princess Ballerina's example because it really is so, so very simple. I think a lot of times people think it has to be this high production online course. We see what the big multi-million dollar gurus put out in terms of their courses and content. It just looks, it's so high production. It's so glossy, so perfect. So it can really be much more simple than that. So my Princess Ballerina Dance Program, it's literally lesson plans that are PDF files. Once a month, I send an email, not exactly new technology, to my hundreds of members with a new lesson plan. It's a PDF file. And I also have a Spotify playlist that matches the lesson plan. And then I have a couple other matching printables. So a certificate that matches and everything's based around a theme. So every month there's a new themed lesson plan. So, but I'm, I'm dealing in terms of product creation, it's PDF files. So very, very simple. I'm not making videos. 
I am not um, even doing audio recordings. It's it's very simple. And I've sold over a million dollars of that product over the past, you know, few years. And it's again, it's that that's an example of a very, very simple product. So it's just anything. And, and then what that does for those dance teachers who, who use my program, it's, it's ideas for them. It saves them time. They don't have to lesson plan. The ideas are themed. It's very creative. If they are an owner that has a team of instructors, they cannot give this lesson plan. It's, an, it's a built-in system for their instructors. So there's all these benefits to it. But in terms of, from my perspective, the content creation is very simple. It's a PDF file that I send out via email once a month. And your business is called the Princess Ballerinas Studio Membership Program. So they have to belong to the program and then you basically put out what is it uh, once is it once a week or once a month the a lesson plan which how often what is the frequency there yes that's once a month they get a new lesson plan and it's enough material to last them for the month um, exactly once a month but i have other uh, you know there's there's so many different shapes and forms that simple digital products can take i have other members of my shine online network and private clients that they do go on to create a course, but it can be a simple course, a course that's using just audio, a course that is using video, but iPhones create such a beautiful video these days. It doesn't require lighting and special cameras and a teleprompter. I mean, a a window and an iPhone can create a really great video course. Some of my clients, they do, they go the printable route. I was just helping a swim school owner package up her swim school camps. And she puts on these really amazing camps. So again, her content creation was heavy into PDF files and going into Canva and creating eBooks with 45 pages. It's a big eBook, but with all of, you know, if you're doing a pirate themed swim camp, here's the music we use, here's the games we play, here are the crafts the kids use, here's the supplies you need for the craft. And so that's her product creation process. And now she's created it once. And those are, that's a product she can sell to hundreds or thousands of swim school owners around the world. It's going to be relevant now. It's going to be relevant five years from now. Um, and so it's, you know, this, this product creation, I'm, I'm really big on helping my clients and members work where they're comfortable. Some people love to do audio. Great. Create your content via audio. Don't feel pressured to do video as video freaks you out. Some people are comfortable doing video. Great. Do video. Some people are writers. Wonderful. And you can create content via blog. You can create PDF files and eBooks. However you are sharing that information, it can take so many forms and it can really be simple and it can really just work with the mediums that you're comfortable doing. And what I find, though, is once you get started with, you know, with me, I definitely hid behind my PDF files, and then I would do audio, and now seven years later, here I am, I have no problem making videos, going on interviews, you know, I, I'm happy to do any of the different media, but when I started, I was definitely only comfortable hiding behind PDF files and the written word, and I did not want to be heard, I did not want to be seen, um, and that's coming from someone who was an NFL cheerleader, so I can imagine, and I do know, that a lot of people are afraid of putting themselves out there, but you can start where you're comfortable and you'll go, you'll develop your confidence as you go. Oh, that's so true. Having taught speech in the evening college, ma'am, I will tell you, I've seen them go from 
uh, Mr. Flynn, I'm going to faint. If you put me up there to give a speech, I will faint. <laughs> and you know what? I'd work and work and work with that party. And by the end of the semester, they wouldn't faint at all. They would get up there and just like everyone else, they'd give their speech and actually do an above average job. You've got to tell yourself, I can do it. I want to do it. And my question to you, dear, is if you do not have a dance business, a dance studio, are you still a mentor for that woman? Or can she have another totally different business, but say, I still would like to have Megan mentor me because I like the ideas she has? Absolutely. So I do love to work with women who are in a, in, have a business. And that can be in the service business. You know, I do have a lot of educators, so like I said, dance studio owners, uh, swim school owners, but, and there can be teachers of others, but they have a science school teacher. She's a middle school science teacher. She wanted to get out of teaching. She had a uh, mother who she needed to take care of, had some health issues there, and she was also having her first baby. So these things that were pulling her out of the classroom, but she had, you know, all these years of teaching science and all these lesson plans, and she was a, had a really innovative method. She was she developed really innovative curriculum, and she was mentoring hundreds of other science teachers in her district. And so she really wanted to package that up to share with other science teachers around the world. So that's an example. She's you know not a business owner. That's an example of someone who just really has developed a lot of expertise in her profession and a lot of passion. It can also be someone who is in, you know, just has a passion. So someone who's been a crafter for a long time, you know, or gardening, if you are really great at gardening or even, you know, growing roses, it's really amazing with, with the online space. You can really take something specific, like I'm, you know, I have a passion for growing roses and you can turn that into a simple digital product that people will absolutely pay for. Or you can be amazing or have a passion for growing tomatoes. You've been doing it for a long, long time. You know the ins and outs. So someone who is just planting their first, you know, pot of tomatoes on their doorstep, they will absolutely pay to learn from someone who's been gardening and planting tomatoes for the past 10, 15, 20, 30 years and get the ins and outs. So they would absolutely buy a simple course or a simple ebook on that subject. Crafters. You know, there are so many different modalities for crafting, you know, the knitting, sewing, all of these worlds, those people who want to learn from those who have been doing it. And you don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have been teaching. You just have to be doing it and have a passion that you want to share with others. The, the music space. I mean, my husband, he's into guitar and he learns everything from watching YouTube videos of people, you know, guitar teachers and people who are passionate about guitar. You know, there's so much opportunity to package up your passion your expertise, your knowledge into simple digital products on literally any subject. So it doesn't have to be business owners. I help women with a passion, experience, expertise, package that up with spending their heart and their head for years and years and turn it into simple digital products that they can sell online. Any men involved as your clients? I do not. I, I'm. They're all women. <laughs> And the, uh, are they single women and married both or predominantly married and they're just doing a business on the side or don't you know? Yeah, that's. I would say that doesn't really come in. I would, I would imagine it's a mixture. 
Um, I will say I, I tend to attract sharing my story of becoming a mom and wanting to have more freedom and flexibility to be at home, to be the mom I want to be. That story resonates with a lot of women. So I definitely tend to attract women who are making one of two life changes. Either they're stepping into that motherhood space themselves. So that's, you know, that science teacher pulling her out of the classroom. These business owners that are just like me, happily running their business forever and ever. But now it's like, oh, gosh, I want to be a mom, but I don't want to give up that income. I don't want to give up my business. I don't want to give up that creative expression. An online business is a great pivot for them. But also the secondary life change is women moving into retirement. So that swim school owner I spoke of, she's six years old. You know, she's been teaching swim forever and ever and ever. She has all this knowledge, has all this marketing, has all this information to share with other swim school owners and she's a very successful swim school and she's moving into retirement now she has grandbabies so she wants to spend that time traveling and visiting grandbabies and not you know so she's got she sees this future of not wanting to be running the brick and mortar school forever Um, and so those two life changes I tend to attract but yes it's certainly not I would say the women are you know married single it's it's all of those things it's anyone who just wants to package up their passion knowledge expertise into simple digital products to create an online business because they're looking for some reason, they want more freedom, more flexibility to to live their life without giving up their income, without giving up their business, without giving up that creative outlet of running their business. You mentioned that your first child was your young baby son, but you've gone on. You've had another child since then, haven't you? Yes, I have a... 16-month-old daughter. Yes, we're back in baby mode right now. Uh, Never a dull moment (laughs) at your house, is there? No, absolutely not. So it's it's good because it's um it brings me back to you know I always say babies and children they are the ultimate efficiency consultants. They force efficiency on you if you are a parent and also, I mean, doing anything really if you have a job if you have a business. So. It forces me, again, to step into the shoes where a lot of my clients are. They're they're busy doing something. Often, this online business that I'm helping someone create, it does start off as a side hustle. So they're either continuing to run their, their business, or they're continuing in their job, or they're continuing as a parent or doing whatever they're doing in their normal life. And this is a, a side hustle. So it, it does, my methods that I teach are simple. And it's things that, you know, even my Princess Ballerina dance program business, and now with my Shine Online Network business, helping women create their own online business, I only have one to two hours a day to do work. I mean, and so I have to, that is always my question. How do I create the income I want? And very, very, I mean, that's ridiculously limited amount of time. Who would think they would build a business working one to two hours a day? Well, I do, and I've done it, and I help others do it. But it requires being ruthless with your time and ruthless with what you do in those one to two hours a day. So I, I do teach my clients, you know, half of that time needs to be marketing, half of that time needs to be product creation or serving your customers. So if you're only spending one hour a day marketing your business, it needs to be, your message needs to be tight, you need to be laser focused, and it needs to be very, very high leverage. Everything I, I help people do is high leverage. Now, an online business and digital products are naturally very high leverage. You know, people will buy it on your website, while you're asleep, while you're at the park with your kids, while you're traveling, whatever. But the marketing behind that, you need people, you need eyeballs on that website. 
And so, you know, I do teach very specific tactics that are not time consuming. I'm definitely not the coach that's saying you need to do all the things, be everywhere, creating everywhere, posting everywhere, showing up everywhere, because that's just the whole point of the online business to me is that time, freedom, and flexibility. So if you have to be doing it 12 hours a day, well, what's the point? You could just, you know, go have a job or go run any other business. The point and the whole reason behind having a digital product online business is that freedom and flexibility. So I'm very careful to maintain, you know, really tight reins around that for my own life and also what I teach and preach to my students and clients. And you tell your students and clients that, especially your clients, you tell them, I am the gal that'll teach you how to, and I quote, shine online. That's right. That's what I am doing. Absolutely. Hence, your website, which is for everybody to come to, and it's www.shineonlinenetwork.com. Yes, that is the best place to find me um, and learn more about, you know, exploring the idea of starting your own virtual online business and learning how to create simple digital products. Absolutely. Very well. Ladies and gentlemen, Megan Myers is with us today. She is a former NFL cheerleader. She became, after two seasons, as a Oakland Raider Et. Is, is that what they were called? The Raider Ets? They, yes, they were and still are. All right. Very well. After two years as an NFL cheerleader, everyone, she became a successful dance studio owner out of Napa, California. I've been to Napa, California and Napa Valley. That's wine country, is it not? It is. That's what we're known for. Absolutely. And since then, you have since, after a lot of years, sold the dance studio. You're an online business expert helping women out there to shine online. Hence your website, shineonlinenetwork.com. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, where are they going to go? Are they going to go to the net? Uh, the website on the net? Are they going to go to social media? What What do you recommend if somebody wants to get a hold of Megan? The website is the best place to find me and also just start exploring the idea of starting your own online product at business and learning how to create simple digital products. And your Princess Ballerinas program, you did that part-time from home and you've since yes, sold you've absolutely. sold over a million dollars in that program working part-time at home? That's right. Oh my oh my. That is excellent. And I am going to tell you you're to be commended for that because you kind of shined online yourself prior to helping the other housewives and people out there doing it. What led you to want to help other people? You know, um, as long as I've had my online business, I've had people I know, uh, what I call in real life, you know, dropping kids off at school, got barbecues. You know, my husband and I sort of live like 30-something retirees, thanks to our online business. And so I've always had people ask me, you know, we help me start an online business. And I resisted it for a long time. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel, I just, I wanted to just do it. And I didn't, I didn't feel called to teach. I didn't feel ready to teach it. And about, you know, a year ago, I had a, an acquaintance who, was, who had reached out to me 
and was actually very quite persistent. And I said, you know, no, and I'd sent her some books or I, you know, said, you know, go read some of these books on Amazon and I'll teach you about online business. And she said, but I really would love to learn with you. You know, you've just been such an inspiration. I just, is there anything I can do? And so I said, oh gosh, this woman is just really persistent. Let me just get on the phone with her, find out what she's looking to do. And we totally hit it off. And my what I have learned over the past seven years of running my own online business and over a million dollars in those fun and easy, you know, sales, that knowledge gap finally became very obvious to me in that conversation with this woman. It's like, she knows nothing. She has no idea what to do. I can see very clearly exactly what she needs to do step by step. I know how she needs to package it. I know how she needs to brand it. I know how she's going to sell this. I know the pricing. This is going to be so easy for me. And so I said, you know, let's do this. And I had so much fun working with her. And so that's what really inspired creating the Shine Online Network so I could help more women do the same thing that I had so much fun doing with um, that acquaintance that, you know, had to cajole me into it about a year ago. And it's been having, you know, having so much fun ever since. So, yeah, that's, that's what spurred that. And you have since gone on to say that you figured out, quote, how to have it all. What is how to have it all? What is that? You know, I think for women, historically, you know, I mean, you go back far enough, women had zero options. You're a mother and a wife, you know, and you go back to 50 years. And, you know, my, my grandmother went to college in the early 50s and she said, you know, you could be a secretary, you could be a teacher, you could be a nurse. Um, and she became a teacher. And so I do think, and then, you know, you, you push forward into the sort of 70s, 80s, 90s, and women being able to work. There was still this choice of, you know, when you have children, do you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Do you want to have that career? And it was really a choice for a lot of women. Um, and still continues to be. But I do think, for me, I, when I had my son, I wanted it all. But I, I didn't, I couldn't work 24 seven anymore running my brick and mortar business. I, I know how to do that. I can be very hard working, but I wanted to shift into motherhood and be the mom I wanted to be. And that means sometimes kids work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have tantrums. Sometimes they have emotional problems. Sometimes they're sick. Look at COVID. It's total, total curveball. You know, my seven-year-old will be home for a week at a time if there's exposure in class. You might have your kids home for, for seven to 10 days with zero notice. I mean, so for me, I want to have my business. I love to have an income that supports my family. My business is, um, you know, my husband is a, a stay-at-home dad thanks to our online business. Um, with me. So we're both at home with our kids. And so to me, that's having it all. I want the business. I want the income. I love the creative expression that my businesses allow me, but I want to be that mom that I want to be in this, in this season of my life, which is very much around family, very much around my young children. Um, and so to me, that is having it all. And the way I've been able to do it is via a very simple online business that again, doesn't require me to be working another, you know, hundred hours a week or even, you know, 20 to 30 hours a week. Um, but it provides an incredible income, incredible freedom, flexibility to live life on my terms. And, and that's, you know, to me is truly having it all. Your husband quit his regular job, came and said, honey, I'm going to stay home with you and we're going to run the household together. Is that how it happened? Or did he, did you have to drag him from his job, kicking and screaming? 
because he did not want to do it. No, no, no. Well, so we actually own the dance studio business together. Uh, He worked the front desk. I taught. And then there was a point where I was getting burnt out on teaching for a little bit and I wanted to work the front desk. And so it just so happened, you know, that, that back to school season, we first, we both showed up to be running our front desk. And I said, you know, why don't you, we don't both need to be doing this. Why don't you go home and get dinner started or something? And I'll just finish up here. And I came home to a hot meal and I said, this, this is the life. This is great. Um, and he lived it too. Our lifestyle works great for us. He he's not, you know, there's not some career that he's being pulled from. We we just love to live our our day to day life, and we're very much a team with the kids and our house, and and even the business. Or they're definitely at this point the online business. It's me coaching and and creating content and helping clients and and doing all of that in those you know, like I said, one to two hours a day. Um, but my husband is definitely a major sounding board for business decisions, marketing strategy, positioning, any sort of decisions we're making in the business. You know, he's he's been on this journey with me for the past 20 years of, of business ownership. So we're, we're definitely partners in crime in every sense of the word. You are a networker, I'm assuming. You get out there, you move and shake with the housewives, with the other women. How many women are you going to tell me right now that you know whose husband stays home with them and runs the household on a 50-50 basis? I mean, I only know of one in my personal network. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for for doing what I did not know, but I knew it in the back of my mind the whole time. Very few, if any. I think you're to be commended, and you know what? The 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 husband is the one who is breaking the traditional mold, and why can't more men do that? Is it ego? You know, is it not question. having the online business in their home? Because I presume he wouldn't be doing that with you now without your online business, correct? Correct. So the online, it's a few things. You're right. The online business, it is so unique in the sense that the profit, it's, it's all profit. There's no overhead. You know, the dance studio, we had $7,000 a month in overhead rent. There's, you know, $20,000 a month in staff fees. I mean, the the expenses are just huge in a brick and mortar business in most businesses. In the online space, you know, I have a software that I pay $200 a month and runs my entire business. It's it's my website. It's my shopping cart. It's my email system. It's everything. So my quote unquote rent is 200 bucks a month. It's insane. So the profit margins are incredible with an online business and selling digital products. I have no cost of goods sold. You know, people getting links, they're downloading whatever they've purchased. Um, so that's part of it is the online business is very profitable. So we do have the income that supports just, you know, we don't have to have any outside jobs. So that is part of it. I will say, you know, I, I can't speak for other men, but I would imagine you know, there, there might be some sort of, it, it is untraditional um, having, you know, we're really both at, at home is the way I see it. But I think for a lot of men, they do tie their value with, you know, their job. And that is a part of their their, the big part of their identity. So, and, and, and certainly if he wanted to do something, he could, but you know, we, we just like our lifestyle. He likes to fish. He likes to, you know, play guitar. We like to do things with our kids. We just, we, 
like to, we like our life. We like to, you know, cook all our meals from from scratch at home because we have the time to, and we're all at home, and we just are sort of homebodies that way, and and like that lifestyle. You know, that might not be the lifestyle for everyone, but I will say it doesn't have to be. If an online business affords you, you could be traveling. You know, you have that location freedom as well as financial freedom and creative freedom. You know, location freedom is that opportunity too. A lot of people are drawn to online businesses and digital products because they can be that, you know, what they call digital nomads. But us with young children, that's not realistic for us. It's not what we choose to do. Um, But I think as our kids get older and certainly once our kids are much older, a lot more travel will be in our future for sure. I heard you once use the term mompreneurs. Are you a mompreneur? I sure am a proud one. So I think the term mompreneur versus entrepreneur, you know, I do think, you know, moms have an especially high number of responsibilities and lifestyle challenges that make it difficult to run a business in a traditional sense. Like I said, children are anything but predictable. On any given day, someone's sick, someone's not napping, someone's grumpy because they're teething. With COVID, even with school-age children, it's a just constant hassle in terms of and curveball with um, scheduling changes and all sorts of things. So moms require a lot of flexibility in order to run their businesses. And so that's where, you know, having having an online business, having digital products provides that ultimate flexibility that that you can be selling your products and someone can buy something at midnight, someone can buy something at 8 a.m. Um, you know, when it comes to your content creation, you can be posting at midnight, you can be posting at 8 a.m. You can be recording that training that you're creating that's going to be your product, or you can be creating that ebook or that PDF file when it works for you. And maybe you have it in your planner that you're going to do it at 10 a.m., but now the baby's not napping. All right, that's okay. I'm going to do it tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. when everyone's asleep. You have that flexibility that is just required, especially when you have young children that you're caring for. And I'd say, you know, that that is the defining feature that separates the mompreneur from your classic entrepreneur. And somewhere in that life of yours as having having it all, end quote, you wrote a book and the book is entitled Shine Online, How to Start a Successful Virtual Business and Gain the Freedom. And here's what you were talking about. Gain the freedom and flexibility to live your best life now. Uh, Let me repeat that. Shine Online, How to Start a Successful Virtual Business and Gain the Freedom and Flexibility to Live Your Best Life Now. You have the book. You were just talking about the flexibility. And you know what? How about this podcast that you're on right now, my show? Do you know what? Once it becomes active, as all of our shows do every Wednesday, you can listen to it seven days a week. 24 hours a day if you get up at some ridiculous hour of the evening because you can't sleep you can listen to it then there's nothing like the old days where if the show is on at blank p.m at night and you miss it it's gone you can do it because you have the flexibility to do it anytime and what you're saying is with your business model you can do the same thing. That's right. It is really all about flexibility. That to me is is the major currency here. Yes, you know, 
we all need money to, to live our lives and pay basic bills and, you know, all of that good stuff that, of course, money needs to be flowing into our lives. But to me, the real value of the virtual business and digital products specifically is that time freedom. That, you know, you just can't even put a price on that and the impact it has in your life. Absolutely. Now, where do they obtain the book? Is it on the website or through other means such as Amazon or something like that? How do they get your book if they wish to have it? Yes, it is available on Amazon. And if you'd like to check out the first chapter for free, you can get that on the website. Very well. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that website, shineonlinenetwork.com. True or false, Megan Myers, in every dance, there is ballet. And there is ballet in every dance. It's just a question of degrees. True. How did I know that? Ask me. Uh, How did you know that? We had a major dance team come in to Greater Cincinnati. And... They wanted a professional DJ booth and sound system. I mean, arena-type quality. My friend had the audio, but he did not have the DJ booth. So we used my DJ booth. We used his arena audio system, and I sat there running sound all afternoon, and that's what I heard. Uh-huh. There, there, there is ballet in every dance and in every, what did he say? He said, there is ballet in every dance and in every dance there's ballet. It's just a question of degrees. And I did not really think about that. But now that you mention it, ballet, that's where you have the various positions, right? First positions on and on and on, right? Yes. So ballet is the foundational dance form. You know, it's the classic, the classical trained dance form. I mean, there's certainly people have been dancing for as long as they've been moving. As you talk about different cultures and you know through the through the eon, but when you talk about classically trained dance and when it was you know packaged and performing, ballet is the foundational. So yes jazz, tap, all the other sort of classical styles are are absolutely derived from ballet, for sure. Did you ever watch Soul Train, American Bandstand, these shows where they had the dancers and and the, the, the latest music and you'd watch them dance? Did you ever do that on, on TV? You know, that was before my time, but I would have loved every moment of that. For sure. I, I want to bring I that back. The disco era as well. I think I would have loved the disco era, but unfortunately, missed that one too. Oh, I'm no. a child of the 80s. <laughs> oh, I feel so sorry for you because you would have fit well in with the 70s and 60s. You really would have. They had Soul Train where they had dancers on there. And they would have the men lined up on one side doing the line dance, the women on the other. And then people would walk down the middle on the camera for what they called the Soul Train line. Can you picture what I'm saying? I've seen clips. I'm familiar with it. Yes. Yes. They would walk, come down. Oh, and then they would have the actual groups themselves who were hot and they'd be there on stage and make an appearance. And then 
Don Cornelius, the host. With, and now here's Cool and the Gang with their latest single. And he'd announce it, and they'd dance to that. And at, at the end of the song, yay, you'd hear all the clapping and everything. Then they'd move on to another song. Dick Clark was a major DJ. They called him America's oldest teenager because the guy would not age. He looked young when he was old. He was just blessed that way. He didn't age hardly at all like a normal person. And his show, The American Bandstand, started in Philadelphia. It then grew, and they put it out on the West Coast, and it was him as the DJ or VJ. I guess DJ because they didn't really do the uh, the video tapes at that time of the songs like they do on MTV. He would announce it as a DJ, and they would dance. Everybody loved these shows. And now we have, what is that dance thing with um, uh, that, uh, where they give the mirror ball trophy, that dance, uh, uh, Dancing with the Stars. So you think you can dance? Oh, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, they have, yeah, right. They have both of those. But those are not the kind of shows that I'm talking about. The ones that I am talking about had guys and girls partnered together, just dancing like what you would see in a nightclub. But now these were hand-picked dancers. I mean, they were all good. You know what I mean? And I loved seeing that. And I can't wait. You know, they say history repeats itself. Bring it back. What do you say? Let's do it. Absolutely. It's time for a resurrection of, you know, of, of your dance TV, but you're right, not the highly choreographed, highly polished stuff that's already out there. I agree. That would be wonderful. All right. Megan Myers, I'm going to say a name and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. You ready? Uh-oh. Okay. Paula Abdul. Oh, well, love her, you know, 90s, 90s videos. I had I had her album, obsessed over her videos. Um, yeah, she's amazing. And was she not a, uh, she was an NFL cheerleader, wasn't she? I think she was an L.A. Laker girl. I think she was NBA, if there, I'm remembering correctly. There you go. And she, I, I presume, just like you, she knew how to dance before she ever went and cheer cheerleaded if that's a word for the uh nfl she knew how to dance the whole time right i'm sure she had many years of training under her belt yes but you know some people are also just natural talents i mean she's she's probably got years of training but she obviously very talented very charismatic there's a new kids video that just came out and she has a tiny little cameo where she's dancing and she's still amazing she's like has a 10 second dancing cameo and i my jaw dropped and it just came out you know two weeks ago the chippendale there's a chippendale rescue rangers re- reboot on disney plus and there's a tiny little paul abdul cameo on it <laughs> well the touring company of the chippendales needed an mc and they called yours truly, and believe it or not, I actually emceed and was the uh, the MC of the Chippendales for I think it was two shows, and I loved every second wow. of it. Loved it, yes, sir. This was the, this wasn't in. Oh, it was wonderful. I loved every second of working with the Chippendales, and <laughs> unfortunately, ma'am, you're never going to believe this, but. They didn't need my dance skills, but, you know. Oh. 
I was a good announcer. How's that? Yeah. I'm sure you were exactly. We all have our strengths, right? That's right. And I know what dance consists of now, don't I? Yes. With that yes. ballet fully, reference. Fully oh yes. Well yes. you can thank you can thank one of the, the big touring shows for that because uh that's where I learned all of that. I I enjoyed working with the, the shows as they came in and and uh, I almost uh, had that same DJ booth. They were talking about using it for the group Run DMC, if you remember them, if that rings a bell. So, yeah. Uh, it sure it, does. Yeah, we, we did some very good shows back then, and I loved the business. Then I retired. Then I came back out because I did not like being retired, and here I am. And I'm flexible. I can do this whenever we schedule it. I'm not under any time constraints. And you know what else? I work ahead of myself. So if something happens, and let's say, for example, I don't have time next week. So what? I've got shows in the can. You know what I mean? Yes. So smart. So smart. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have had a great hour with a great lady, and her name is Megan Myers. Her website, shineonlinenetwork.com, shineonlinenetwork.com. She is not only a former NFL cheerleaders for the Oakland Raiders for two seasons, but she then became a successful dance studio owner out there in Napa Valley, California. She's now an online business expert. She is a mentor. She is a mother of two, and she figured out, quote, how to have it all. Her book, ladies and gentlemen, is entitled Shine Online, How to Start a Successful Virtual Business and Gain the Freedom and Flexibility to Live Your Best Life Now. Megan, it's been an absolute pleasure and the hour it flew by did it not absolutely that was a, so much fun rick thank you so much for having me absolutely and once again they're going to get a hold of you ma'am where the website at shineonlinenetwork.com okay to the mom out there who is thinking about this mompreneur title and saying mm, as she scratches her head is this for me or is this not for me? What advice do you have to tell the mom who's sitting on the fence? You know, I think if there's even an inkling, if there's any sort of pull on you to think that this idea is worth exploring, that you owe it to yourself to do just that. It can all be done via baby steps. You know, take the first few steps, download the first chapter of the book. The chapter starts off with talking about examples of simple products. And I think that's where a lot of people start. They like the idea, but it's like, well, hmm, what would I, what would my product be? You know, what, it's like, that's, that's their next step and starting to put themselves in the shoes of having an online business and having digital products. And so that, that's the next question is, well, what would I create? Um, and so downloading the first chapter will give you lots of ideas and help you start to think about what that might be for you. So I think if you are even considering it, you owe it to yourself to just take that first step and, and see where it leads next. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Megan Myers for making an appearance all the way from California here on our program. Thank you, Megan. I hope you've had a good time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rick. And as we get out the door, 
what would you like to say to everyone out there listening in regard to the confidence that is needed to establish any new business? You know, I think confidence is developed over time. 99% of people just have to take that first step. They may not be confident to start. I believe that confidence is developed through proficiency and through taking every step and, and confidence is built over time. So you don't have to be confident to get started. You don't have to know what you're doing to get started. You just truly have to take the first step. And before you know it, you'll look back and it's been a year, it's been three years, it's been five years, and you will then notice that you've become this amazing new version of yourself and you have this amazing new business and this amazing new lifestyle, but it really all starts with that first step. And that's what you mean when you say, I figured out, quote, how to have it all. That's right. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Megan Myers. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program today. Once again, www.shineonlinenetwork.com. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and our special guest today from Napa, California, Megan Myers, the former NFL cheerleader turned successful mompreneur. We'd like to say have a great day, everyone. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much. And I'd love to see you over on shineonlinenetwork.com. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new show. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.